ASAP. Any score, any place. We'll pull up on your boat, anger. Don't bang. Bro, who's making this? No, who did this? Let's go. Come on. I'm so tired from watching. 90 yard touchdown. 90 yard touchdown. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And on today's show, one of the original members of the show, John Kegley, is here joining us. And first, I need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. We are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, Slam Diego's top sports blog. We've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Well, a very exciting Thursday show for you today because we're going to be getting into our 53-man roster predictions. Today, we are going to be focusing on the defensive side of the ball. So in the second segment after the news, we will be getting into our defensive line and our linebackers and the specialists for this team as well. But first, we're going to start with the news that Anthony Lynn has officially named his starter for the opening game at quarterback against the Cincinnati Bengals. So we have to start there. I mean, there's no surprise there. But he also talked about a little bit about keeping his options open with Derwin James. So we're going to talk a little bit about that too. But let's go ahead and get into it. On Wednesday, Los Angeles Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn spoke with the media and he declared who his starting quarterback was going to be week one against the Bengals. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. This has been an unprecedented training camp for the Chargers and they went into it knowing that they had a rookie quarterback in Justin Herbert and a veteran in Tyrod Taylor who Anthony Lynn said was going to be in the driver's seat to start. But he also did say there would be a competition between him and Justin Herbert. He has since backed up his claim that Tyrod Taylor will probably be the starter. But on Wednesday, he officially announced that Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter week one against the Bengals and that he's going to be the starter until someone steps up is what he said. So interesting wording there by the head coach of the Chargers, but I think definitely leaving the door open for Justin Herbert to potentially come on later on in the season. But David, no surprise here. Tyrod Taylor is going to start for the Chargers, and I think that's a good thing for Justin Herbert. It's definitely a good thing for Justin Herbert. It's a good thing for the Chargers as well. Anthony Lynn did say he wanted competition at the quarterback position and at every position uh, on his football team, but I think this was definitely the right choice, especially in an abnormal offseason where there's so many offseason programs that have already been missed. Having a veteran quarterback in this climate is very, very important and crucial, and it's definitely the smart choice. This also allows Justin Herbert to continue to learn and not be pressured to play before he is ready. You don't want to compromise uh, the future and ruin a sixth overall pick because if you ruin sixth overall picks, Daniel, general managers typically get fired. Yeah, and Tom Telesco and Justin Herbert are definitely linked. I think you could even put Anthony Lynn in that conversation as well. And for the Chargers, I think it's the best idea because they expect to compete this year. So you can't really 
take the rookie learning curve that would come with Justin Herbert, where he starts off slow potentially, and the rest of the team suffers because of it. So this team expects to be a playoff contender in 2020. So they're going to go with the veteran to give them their start. But Anthony Lynn definitely left the door open for Herbert maybe to come in later on in the season. But he also talked about his star safety, Derwin James, saying that he talked to him after his surgery and talking just about how good of a guy that he is and how he will come back and all of that. But he also talked about the options now that Derwin James is gone, David. And it seems like right now, Anthony Lynn is still really keeping his options open. And I think that's the smart choice, right? That's the smart idea right now because you don't want to close yourself off from many opportunities, whether that be internal candidates or external candidates. If they look on the inside, they definitely have a few guys that they see as versatile, guys that can move around, that can help them in multiple places. 2019 second round pick Nazir Adderley is definitely in in that mix. He's got a lot of work with the ones as well as Desmond King, who Anthony Lynn said he always reminded him more of a safety than a corner and that they're going to rely on him to do multiple things this year. If they look on the outside, there's also a couple of options. They can go to a veteran like Tony Jefferson, or they can go to a familiar face like Jaleel Adai. And there have been reports out there that the Chargers and Jaleel Adai both have mutual interest. I would say even if he was going to come in and not even potentially start just to have the depth of someone who knows this system. He did play with Gus Bradley the last time he was on the team. And that can come in and even potentially be a dime linebacker of sorts for the team and be very key depth for them. I definitely think it would be a decent idea to at least kick the tires on Jaleel Adai, just given the fact that he knows the system and he's been with the team before. So the Chargers definitely have some options on the inside. And if they are thinking of Desmond King as a safety, I think that actually kind of tells who is going to make this roster in some sense, because with Derwin James now on injured reserve, which he was officially placed on on Wednesday, the Chargers only have three actual safeties, not including Desmond King on the roster. So I definitely believe that Desmond King will be with the safeties a lot, but obviously they have the versatility. And I think that the guy who is going to come up the most from Derwin James's injury is probably going to be second year man, Nazir Adderley. But it's time to get into our roster predictions. And today we're going to be looking at the defensive side of the ball and talk about who we think at each position is going to make the Chargers 53 man roster. But before that, I need to tell you guys that this season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap in every game with full game replays, and you can see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with the condensed games. I know when I'm trying to watch a lot of games of any particular team or any particular player, I always use those condensed games. They're very nice. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Just go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. All right, guys, well, today is the day. The Chargers have to cut down their roster from 90 to 53 players by September 5th. So we only have today and tomorrow to really get into these position groups and tell you who we think is going to make the team. And now all three of us have our final predictions for our 53-man roster. Let me just start by saying that this has been one of the most difficult processes of any 53-man roster prediction that I've ever had. I mean... Looking at this offseason and thinking about which undrafted free agents are going to make the team, 
or which guys could potentially be on the bubble and losing their job without being able to see how these guys perform in the preseason has definitely been something that has been hard to do. But the other thing that comes along with this too is the fact that last year the Chargers kept Derwin James on their team after they knew they were going to put him on injured reserve. But the way we understand it this year, now that he has been officially put on injured reserve, that basically means he cannot return this season. Last year, he was kept on the active roster until the day after the final cuts, and then they placed him on there. And in that scenario, he was allowed to come back to the team later on the season. I think that by the Chargers putting him on here before the start of the season, that makes him officially out for the year, and it also opens up his spot on the 53-man roster. But we're going to start with the defense, and let's start with the edge defenders. I think this was one of the easier ones to pick from, so John... Let's start with you. How many players are making it in your edge defender group, and who are they? I kept four. I went the obvious, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, and I kept Isaac Rochelle, and I believe Chenna Nwosu is going to be part of that defensive end group as well. Yeah, and do you think it's a situation, John, where it was just that the Chargers could have potentially cut someone like Rochelle, but they really just didn't necessarily have someone to come in and take that spot? I think it's more of he's shown that he fits the replacement role really well when Melvin Ingram or Joey Bosa has been out he's come in and he's fit it decently well and you have someone that you know I mean what incredible value for uh, Isaac Rochelle with the Chargers I mean he's really I mean when you get picked that late in the draft and you come in and you're able to at least play at a respectable level as he's done I mean he hasn't been the best pass rusher but he's been a solid defensive lineman for the Chargers so I'd like to say that was a pretty decent pick by Telesco are you going with that same exact group? Yeah, I am, actually. I didn't have any changes. I thought this one was one of the easier position groups to, to nail down. Obviously, Bosa and Ingram was a 100% lock. That was never a question. And then you look at Echenna Nuosu, who is the guy that's kind of in waiting in the wings, waiting for probably Melvin Ingram to move on after this year to get his shot to finally be the guy and be the guy next to Joey Bosa rushing after the quarterback. But looking at these four guys, I don't really see how you could have done it any other way. The only thing you could have possibly considered was a guy maybe like Joe Gaziano, but he's been hurt and he hasn't been able to show up on tape, as they say. So I don't think there's a chance he can make the 53, but he definitely could make the practice squad. If Griff Whalen was in the conversation, I would have to consider it. And I mean, that is... That's a really deep cut there, John. That's going back to, I mean, before locked on days even. But Griff Whalen, on one of my all-time favorite Chargers, to be sure. I mean, what a illustrious career, I would say. Well, I wish I was going to change it up from you guys. And Isaac Rochelle is somebody that was definitely on my chopping block for a seventh-round pick. I mean, to have that kind of depth for him to come in and really be just average I guess I would say is something that brings value to a football team and now if one of these two guys Joey Bosa or Melvin Ingram were to go down he wouldn't be the first man up to take those starting spots those starting stops that would be Uchenna Nuwosu at this point so I don't hate it I thought that Joe Gaziano might have a chance coming into the season after they picked him up but obviously we didn't know how everything was going to be affected at this point. So I went with those same four guys. But if they decide not to go with Rochelle, I think there's a couple of factors. And I think it really starts with the fact that, I mean, even Gus Bradley said they liked what they saw from Jerry Tillery at the big end position. That's Joey Bosa's position. He's had one at every stop he's had. Gus Bradley, that is, has had a guy like Joey Bosa, a big guy like that on the end that can play that position. It was Calais Campbell when he was in Jacksonville. I mean, 
he's had that player and the Chargers definitely like that kind of frame and skill set at that position. So I think that would be where they would go if they decided not to have Rochelle. But when Rochelle had the chance to start a lot of games with Joey Bosa, I thought he was kind of just fine. I think you know what he is at this point, and I think there's just nobody to really take that spot away. But let's get into the next position, which is the defensive interior, which I think gets a little trickier, David, but I think we'll all be pretty close on this one. Yeah, definitely a little bit trickier, and I can't believe that I actually almost forgot about Jerry Tillery because they've been raving about him all camp and about how he's going to make such a big leap in year two, which as a first-round pick uh, coming off of a very, you know, uh, let's let's just put it nicely, a not great season for, for him. He definitely needs the bounce back. But for my defensive lineman, you got Justin Jones, Damian Square, Linval Joseph, the Mack truck, or whatever great adjective you want to use for him, Cortez Broughton, and then, of course, Jerry Tillery. Yeah, and I think for Jerry Tillery, the thing that's going to stop, you know, all the hype and all that is just the fact that there's been equal amount of hype about Justin Jones, and that's including some of the players coming in and talking about how they are basically guaranteeing that Justin Jones is going to have a breakout season. He was even looking a lot more lean this season. He looks more athletic this season, which actually has to really hurt John that he's even still on the team at this point. Because, John, I know probably what your five-man defensive tackle line is going to look like, but Justin Jones is, is out here trying to prove you wrong. And I want you to prove me wrong. I'm going <laughs> to come on here and do what I always do. I'm going to give my analysis based on what I know. And if you can go out there and prove me wrong, I will tip my hat to you. And my wager is still out there. If Justin Jones makes the Pro Bowl, I will buy his jersey. And I will send him a photo of me in that jersey to him on Twitter and apologize to him. This is what I was trying to get at. (laughs) But until then, I am still skeptical of him. I am still waiting for him to prove that he deserved to be a third-round pick who is still in my mind too high of a pick but if he improves and is looking good he can prove me wrong i will tip my hat to him but yeah, i kept uh linval joseph i also kept justin jones jerry tillery damian square and cortez broughton was a guy on my chopping block but in the end i felt keeping five interior defense alignment was something you need to do with how physical that position is you're going to need bodies for it Hey, Justin Jones, I mean, I don't know if you need any kind of motivation, but I can tell you, having a guy like John Kegley admit that he's wrong, man, that is powerful. And you got to definitely use that to feel you to get to that Pro Bowl. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> the other thing is, too, is he kind of had the odds stacked against him, right? Because he was a Tom Telesco third-round pick, something that Trey Pipkins has also had to deal with, so... I mean, he definitely not a great track record there. (laughs) Yeah, no, not not a great track record when you're talking about some of the guys he selected in that round. But I guess really the main guy who's out here is the hard knock star, Braden Fehoko, who was doing the Haka on the last episode of Hard Knocks. It sucks that we won't be able to see that pregame if this is the way it shakes out. But I mean, they know that they like him. I mean, they've said some very positive things. I think if there was someone to make this that isn't on our list, and I have the same five guys. Cortez Broughton, I think, is a guy who was on the chopping block, but, I mean, I think there was a stretch that he had a sack and three straight practices. Doing things like that is what sets you apart, especially against, you know, undrafted free agents or a guy like TJ Smith, who he's going up against, you know, to try to make this team. I mean, that's really what sets you apart. So I think that's the way they're going to go with it. And I think they have a lot of, 
you know, talent at that position now, which actually feels weird to say. This is the position group that you can actually get a little bit excited about this year as opposed to some of the paltry runs we've seen in the past. There's just not a lot of jobs open there, Daniel. I mean, on this defense right now, there's a lot of guys that are firmly entrenched in spots. And, I mean, that's a good thing to have. I mean, you just have so many talented players you know is going to impact this defense and why you know when you lose a guy like Derwin James who is an absolute superstar you feel a little bit more confident in this amount of depth that they've amassed this year than in previous seasons definitely yeah I would agree with that for the most part and I think that I mean Limbaugh Joseph is a huge reason and that just to have that kind of force on the inside feels really good but linebacker is the next position we're going to be getting into and it's the position that is going to probably keep the most of them as far as any particular position on the defense if you're not including the defensive line just as one big giant group but the linebackers are going to they're going to keep a few of them John so this one has a lot of question marks especially towards the back end but this is also a very key special teams part of the team as well. Usually special teams players, they're either going to be secondary members as far as coverage teams go, or they're going to be linebackers. So how did your linebacker room shake out this year? Well, I kept seven of them. I went with Kaiser White, Nick Vigil, Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil, Denzel Perryman, and then on the back end, I think these guys could be your special teams guys and Malik Jefferson and Emeke Goulet. I feel Emeke can also maybe move over to the defensive end position as well. He can go back and forth while also playing special teams. I feel he's basically like a Swiss Army knife in a way. Just a guy that you can use in different positions. I think he brings value just for that position alone. But as far as making an impact every single play, I don't think he's going to be one of those. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, I think that the two guys that really, I mean, would have to be fighting pretty hard to get on this team would have to be as Mar Bilal and Romeo Finley, two guys that definitely could fit in that special teams mold, but just might not have had enough time to do it. But we haven't really got to hear a lot of notes about who's been standing out on special teams. But David, who are your linebackers for the 2020 unit? Yeah, so my linebackers are, are exactly the same as John's. I, I think you, you feel really good about this position group, which the last several years you just could not say that same thing. You feel like they have a lot more depth. They have a lot more experience. They have just some better quality football players at this position. So, yeah, you got the first-round pick, Kenneth Murray. You got Drew Tranquil, the the guy that worked his way up from the special teams to really carve out a, almost a permanent role on the defense as uh, the weak side linebacker here. You got the veteran Nick Vigil. You got the other veteran Denzel Perriman, who Anthony Lynn said when he's well, he's hell. So th- that was a pretty uh, interesting little quote there. Uh, but yeah, I got Kaiser White. You got Malik Jefferson and, and Mecca Egbule, who I look at to be just special team Special teams contributors at first, uh, they're going to have to work their way onto, the de- onto this defense, but it's not going to be easy. Yeah, Mekig Boy was already on the special teams last year, too. Malik Jefferson is someone that they kept around on the practice squad. But, I mean, I guess just to re- refrain from having us all have the entire same roster for this first segment, I'm going to say that Malik Jefferson does not make the team, and I guess I'll have to replace him. If I'm looking just for a special teams player, Kind of an all-or-nothing guy that might not ever fit on this defense. Particularly, I'll go with Romeo Finley. Definitely an athletic guy. Converted safety. Played a very specific, weird hybrid position for the Miami Hurricanes. I'll go ahead and say that my linebackers are Drew Tranquil, Kenneth Murray, Kazir White, 
Denzel Perryman, Nick Vigil, and then Emeke Igbule, and then Romeo Finley. Just to just to throw a little curveball in there, just so we're not all saying the same thing. But I think this is a very interesting position because I think it's a position where we've gotten things wrong before just because keeping Jatavis Brown, keeping Nick DeZubner in the past and guys like that. So I'm excited to see how it shakes out, but this will definitely be a special teams heavy unit and a a unit that you cannot have enough depth at because it is a very physical position. I thought this might be be the year that Denzel Perryman got cut, but I just don't see it happening, especially David with comments like that. But we do have a few more position groups to get into in the next segment. We're going to be talking about the cornerbacks and also the safeties minus Derwin James. And we'll talk about the very surprising players that we think are going to be specialists for this team, the long snapper, the kicker, and the punter coming up right after this. All right, guys, well, it's time to wrap up the 53-man roster predictions on the defensive side of the football. So we talked about the front seven in the last segment. Now it's time to talk about these other guys, the cornerbacks specifically. And I'm very intrigued to see who you guys picked here because I think we might have some different picks on these ones. But, John, let's start with the corners, and I'll start with you. Who do you even have being the corners on this team? I mean, I'm not even sure how you classify Desmond King at this point. But who are the corners you think are going to make this roster? I put Desmond King in as corner just because in practice they keep saying that he's supposed to be the slot corner because that's what he's been doing in practice while Chris Harris has been making or plays as the outside corner. So I left him at corner. I also had Michael Davis, Chris Harris Jr., Casey Hayward, and then I put Brandon Faison on there just because we usually like to carry five corners, and I feel he'd be the guy that takes that spot. Yeah, I mean, I can't really argue with it. I mean, I think that when you're looking at corners, I mean, I ended up having one more guy. I had Quentin Meeks in there because I don't think there's going to be Derwin James. He's the guy that really has NFL experience. It's not very much of it. He's only played in eight games. He started one game. But at the same time, he actually has NFL experience, unlike some of these other guys. So my final corner room for this team was not including Desmond King. And I had Casey Hayward Jr., Chris Harris Jr., Michael Davis, Brandon Faison, and then also Quentin Meeks. And I did not have Desmond King in this part of it. So, David, who did you end up going with with your cornerbacks for this team? Yeah, so I definitely went back and forth on this a little bit. But it just seems like uh, with the cornerback group, it's going to be pretty much these guys. Chris, It's going to be Chris Harris Jr., obviously, the guy they signed in the offseason and paid a good amount of money to to come in. To, to add some depth uh, and some just veteran experience. And then you got Desmond King, who I called a corner just because he's been a slot corner. At, at, and he's been a slot corner for pretty much every game we've seen him in in a Chargers uniform. Got Casey Hayward Jr., Michael Davis, and Brandon Faison, just because I don't think there was anybody else that was able to push Brandon Faison. If there was any spot available in that cornerback group, it would have been his. But I didn't see or hear or read about anybody else really challenging him to try to take his spot. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Both of you guys with Desmond King in your corners. I mean, I guess it's really just semantics at this point because we all, I mean, I think we all agree that if another safety or something were to get hurt, I think Desmond King would probably move full-time to that position. But if Chris Harris Jr. were to get hurt, Desmond King would move straight back to nickel corner, and then Rayshon Jenkins and Nazir Adderley would be the safeties that are out there. So I really am really interested now to see who you guys have for your safeties. I mean, now that I know who your corners are and Desmond King was in that list, 
Chargers don't have very many safeties on this roster. So, David, how many safeties do you have making this team? Yeah, so for the safety position, you know, there really isn't many sp- spots available just the way I had my roster broken down. And you'll kind of see a little bit about that when we switch over to the offensive side tomorrow. There's holding on to three actual safeties on the roster. I have Rayshon Jenkins, Nazir Adderley, and, of course, their new safety, Alohi Gilman. So that's the – I know it's crazy to only carry three three actual safeties, but that's partly because I, I do expect Desmond King to be playing some safety as well. So only three actual safeties on the roster, Nazir Adderley, Rayshon Jenkins, and Alohi Gilman. John, is yours looking the same way? Well, I obviously kept Rayshon Jenkins, Nazir Adderley, and Alohi Gilman, but with Derwin James, his injury, I added Quentin Meeks to that position. And I've, just for the same reason you had, he has more NFL experience. I've gotten to actually talk to the guy before I met him at the uh, Spanos Classic, and he was talking about that all he wants is just a chance and he's going to work hard for it, and he's motivated to earn his spot. So a guy that's motivated to earn a spot is definitely going to get a spot in my seat. Yeah, and I guess for me and you, that's just semantics then because you have Desmond King as a corner. I have Quentin Meeks as a corner. Quentin Meeks has played both positions at the NFL level, so it's been very little. I mean, there's really not very much to go off there. I mean, I think it's pretty much just a dart throw. I think there's a lot of different ways they could go with it, and there's a lot of different corners that they have on this roster right now, and they literally only have three guys that are actually safeties. They have a bunch of guys listed as DBs. I have Desmond King. I have Rayshon Jenkins, Nazir Adderley, and Alohi Gilman. So definitely kind of a shallow group, but they don't normally hold a lot at that position. But last year, you had guys like Adrian Phillips. You had guys like Jalen Watkins in that group. And Jalen Watkins ended up playing pretty good for the Chargers in his limited snaps. And you also have a guy like Roger Teamer, who's still floating around out there with his four-game suspension. He could also get back in the mix at some point as well. But for my initial 53-man roster, I have it being those four guys, and I'm including Desmond King as a safety right now just because that is the thinner position group out of the two of them. I do think they are committed to using him in some safety capacity. So I'm excited to see how it plays out, and I'm excited to see how the rest of this 53-man roster prediction plays out. But we still do have one more position group to get into, and that is the specialist. So, John Kegley, which three specialists do you have making this roster? Oh... I don't know. Maybe Young Way Koo. I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of tough. Nick Rose, maybe, Caleb Sturgis, uh, maybe a little Roberto Aguayo. Maybe Griff Whalen as the long snapper. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. Punt return I, specialist. I, Justin Jones is the kicker. Oh, God. But it, well, it's obviously Michael Badgley, Ty Long, Cole Mazza. Could it be? I gave neighbors <laughs> as my long snapper, actually. Weird. Wait, really? No, <laughs> I could actually see you pulling some trick out of your hat just to make this show a little bit more interesting. Nick Rose, Caleb Sturgis, uh, maybe a little Roberto Aguayo. Yeah, I mean, I could just say that the Chargers are just going to, you know, sign some kicker off the street. I mean, David, there's really no competition here even. I think that if anything, when talking about the specialists, that's really the only thing to even bring up is just the fact that a lot of years we see, even when there are entrenched starters, them bringing in multiple kickers, multiple punters. This year, they are so confident in their two guys that they're not bringing in anybody else. 
Hugh That's Lovelock. right. That's right. I definitely did. I also I I recruited Rolf Bernerska to be our kicker Rolf as well. Bernerska. Yeah, yeah. There you go. A little little throwback for some of you guys. If you don't know who it is, go Google him and find Google. out. <laughs> exactly. David but no. Ben. But in all seriousness, I think it's a good thing that the Chargers have some consistency in that position because the last several years they had a rotation, a circus of guys that they came in, and now they have some stability there. So you got the Money Badger, you got Cole Mazza, the long snapper, and you got Ty Long. And these guys are all young. So as long as they come in here, continue to do their job, they could get paid to do very little, get paid a lot of money to do very little for the Chargers for 10, 15 years. When I think the guy doing kickoffs is still actually going to be Ty Long. So that's a position battle I think that he has won. But I'm just going to throw this out there. All right, guys, I don't want to scare anyone. But I will just say that as much as I love the Money Badger, which I do, last year obviously was too small of a sample size. He had the freakish injury that kept him out way too long. And the Chargers probably should have put him on IR, but then he wouldn't have been able to return. Blah, blah, blah. But that sample size is still incredibly small. So I still don't like seeing him game-type situations in practice, missing 40-plus yard field goals. I mean, he's the money badger. He has game-winning kicks on his resume. He has the longest field goal in, in in Chargers history on his resume. So I'm not panicked, but I just want to, you know, it's still a little scary. I guess I just haven't got all the Sunday scaries out from all the Roberto Aguayos and Caleb Sturgis's and Nick Rose's of the past. nightmares. Point. Yeah, I mean, and then Josh Lambert just makes all of his field goals now. So that's another thing to talk about. He got fired because of Drew Kayser. It's a whole thing. But <laughs> that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We've gone off the rails. We're going to be back with you guys tomorrow with the rest of our 53-man roster prediction. And David, if you guys are keeping track at home, has had one less player on his roster than me and John Kegley have to this point. So we know his is going to be different than ours tomorrow. He's going to be having to keep an extra guy on the offensive side of the ball. So make sure to check back us. So make sure to check back in with us then. But until then, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at locked on LAC and to like the Facebook page locked on chargers as well as subscribe to us on Apple podcasts or giving us a follow on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. But if you guys want to get on the next voicemail show, the number is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But you guys aren't going to want to miss it tomorrow. The rest of our 53-man roster prediction to end the week. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.